Hello and welcome to the Swift Coders Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick, and today's guest is me, your humble host. I launched this podcast almost two months ago, and I've done seven episodes without missing a week. It's already been downloaded over 2,000 times, and I'm already getting positive feedback from people all around the world. Shout out to Chris Michael, at K-U-R-O-B-R-O-H on Twitter. We had a little Twitter conversation over the weekend, and he says he's a big fan of the podcast, and it's uh, the podcast has made trying Swift a lot less intimidating. And that's one of the reasons why I created this podcast. It's this type of community, this type of giving back that I live for. And so that's why I'm doing this. And since I'm the one putting myself out there and I'm the one you're listening to on a weekly basis, I wanted to share my story, who I am, what I'm up to, how I got to where I am. That way you have a better understanding of who I am. So without further ado, let's get started. So what am I working on right now? I do a couple of things. I work at a company called Onaway, where I do a bunch of stuff, including iOS development. I also host a couple meetups called uh, Learn Swift LA and Swift Coders LA, which I've mentioned before. I also work on a personal project, which actually in a way got to me where got me to where I am now, which is called Flyer. And it's completely in Swift. I hope to have the first version out by the end of June. And then I also do the Swift Coders podcast. And I created this podcast because I noticed that there was so much focus out there in the Swift Coder community. Uh, in general, uh, just about Swift, the language and uh, tutorials and really interesting um, blog posts and things like that. But there wasn't anything about the people specifically, like a place where it collects all of the actual people that are working with the language. And so I thought, hey, Swift Coders, what a great idea. And I've always wanted to create a podcast. I listen to so many podcasts. Shout out to iMore, Let's Talk iOS, Above Avalon, Exponent, and many others. And I always wanted to create a podcast. And finally, I found my topic uh, and uh, my avatar, for instance. Shout out to Entrepreneur on Fire, John Lee Dumas. So that's why the Swift, uh, po- the Swift Coders podcast was born. Now, my goal is to code all day. I, want, I love coding. iOS, Apple's, uh, all of Apple's platforms are mostly focused on iOS right now. I love working with Swift and all of Apple's frameworks. And my focus is to be able to do that m- with most of my time during the day. I don't know. I just love it. And we can get into that you know, a little later about why. And I want to write really good code. I want to build awesome products with a really great team, and I want to build as much software as I can uh, for Apple's uh, platforms on all their different devices and using as many different technologies as I can because that's one of the most exciting things I think about being an Apple developer is all these really great frameworks and APIs that Apple releases. My other goal is to grow my meetups, continue to build the community that I've been building over the last six, seven, eight months since I started Learn Swift LA. I want to grow the meetups, keep getting as many people uh, involved and helping them learn and, and learning from them. And then I want to grow this podcast. I want to interview more people. I've only interviewed seven people so far. They're pretty much all from Los Angeles. I want to start interviewing people from all around the world and uh, really get to know a lot more of the Swift coders out there. And then, as I mentioned before, I want to launch Flyer by the end of June. And I'm telling you that now. Hopefully, you guys will hold me accountable to that. 
because one of the main things that I uh, kind of a mistake that I made, which I tell everyone who, who asks me for advice not to make is during the first year of learning, try to launch something into the app store, depending on what your goals are, if it's to get a job uh, as a developer, all these employers want to see an app in the app store. So I my goal is to get one in the app store as soon as I can, which I'm, I'm setting as June. And then uh, hopefully that sets me up for a really great future as an iOS developer. All right, so enough about that. What am I up to right now? Let's get on to how I got into all this. How did I get into programming? So I've been an Apple fanboy. Uh, I have no shame in uh, confessing that since my first iPod, 2004. And then I got a PowerBook when I uh, started uh, college uh, or maybe a little bit into college. I got my first uh, you know, Mac laptop, which is a PowerBook, uh, 12 inch. And then I eventually got an iPhone. So I just really love Apple technology. I really believe in Apple. So that was sort of the tech interest at that time. Now, I'm actually a licensed attorney. I went to school to become a lawyer, and that's what I did. But the whole time, I was obviously still interested in technology, always watching the keynotes and WWDC videos as much as I could. So I'm in law school. I graduate. I become a lawyer. I start working as a lawyer. And I'm also playing in a band the whole time. Uh, the downtown train. I played harmonica. Uh, my stage name was Bevy Harwood. And uh, I'm loving my iPhone. I'm, I'm working as a lawyer. I'm playing in a band. I'm like, man, I want to create an app. And this is maybe, let's say, 2014. I had the original iPhone, 2007, but it never occurred to me that I could make an app until 2014. I had an idea for an app that, who knows, maybe I'll still make it. And I tried to make it. It was Objective-C at the time. I went through Apple's uh, Start Developing iOS Apps Today uh, PDF kind of course that they have on their website, and it was an Objective-C, and I thought, wow, this is pretty difficult. I have no programming experience whatsoever. This is pretty difficult. Let me see if I can actually just find someone to make my idea for me. And at the time, I was listening to the I'm More podcast, and I just, you know, uh, Renee Ritchie was talking about something, I don't know what, and I thought to myself, why don't I look into the startup community here in Los Angeles? So I looked up Startup Los Angeles, something like that community, and Be Great Partners came up. And they had a really cool event that I went to, and I met someone named Krishna Gupta, who's a, a, like a startup tech entrepreneur here in LA. And he said, go to Startup Weekend. If you don't know what Startup Weekend is, really cool organization worldwide. They host these things called Startup Weekends all around the world where people come together, pitch ideas, form teams, build uh, products over a weekend, pitch those ideas, win prizes, and you know basically change their life. Really awesome. It changed mine. So uh, I went through that, pitched an idea, uh, I ended up joining a team on another idea, pitched that idea, uh, and it went really well. Then I was kind of addicted to that. I love that feeling. So I went to an Angel Hack event. Uh, at Blank Spaces in downtown Los Angeles. This was um, around May 2014. And I pitched an idea that I had remembered when I woke up that morning. I pitched that idea, formed a huge team around it, built a demo over that weekend, pitched the product, and won that event. And that was really awesome to have my idea validated like that. So over the course of the summer, I worked with two developers that were on my team at the time to build this product. And I was more on the business development kind of idea side, but in doing design as well. Uh, using a like sketch, for instance, but I was I was always into the technology, always watching the WWDC videos, etc. So I was always familiar with technologies. And when I told the developers I was working with uh, about a particular technology that we could use for our product, and they had no idea what I was talking about, I felt, why am I working with people 
that don't know as much as me uh, or aren't into it as much as I am. Uh, and I know more about this than they do. There's something there. For instance, CloudKit. You know, I told them about CloudKit and how can we could use it. And they were like, oh, no, this and that and making excuses. And anyway, so I'm working with them over the summer and I'm, I'm consuming uh, these videos about technology, whether it's on YouTube or Apple's WWDC videos. I highly recommend you download the app and watch those videos. And um, just always watching these videos. It's, it's, uh, it's about fall going into winter time. I'm on uh, Christmas break with my family and I'm just watching these videos and I decide to myself, you know what, I'm going to relearn this. Swift had came out June 2014. Um, it's about to be uh, January 2015 and Swift is you know much easier language to learn. I'm like, no, I'm going to do this. So I get back from the Christmas break. It's January 1st, 2015. I say, I'm going to learn this stuff. So I sit down and I start learning it. And I put a guide up on uh, the LearnSwiftLA.com website, which kind of talks about how I went through learning it. So feel free to take a look at that. But basically, it started with uh, Lynda.com Foundation of Programming Fundamentals course with Simon Allardyce, and then the Stanford course, ArrayWenderlich.com, Apprentice, a PDF, etc. And uh, so I've been studying on a full-time, part-time, just like as much as I can, Swift and iOS development since January 2015, but I've tried to learn it since January 2014, and I've been consuming content regarding Swift since it came out, since uh, June 2014, but I've been working with Swift on a consistent basis, building stuff since January 2015. So that is how I got into programming. I have no programming experience beyond what I've uh, you know started doing since since um, as I just mentioned, you know, I come from a legal background, but uh, 2015, I quit working as a lawyer in the summer of 2014, and I drove Uber at night and during the day, whenever I could, while I coded and taught myself how to code because I did not want to be a lawyer, and I knew that there was something there with building this product. And I wasn't sure if I was going to be a developer, but I knew that I wanted to do something with this product development stuff, and maybe I could be a developer. Be, become a developer. But by the end of 2015, here we are in 2016 now, um, I had the opportunity to spend two months working full-time building a fully featured app for the company that I work for right now. And that got me. I knew it. The whole time I had been working on Flyer, working on this personal project. But when I had that two months to just focus on building that app, um, I really, it was like, I came alive again. And then I realized this is exactly what I want to be doing with my time during the day. So 2015 was all about figuring out what I wanted to do. And I did that. 2016 is all about finding that full-time iOS developer job. As I said, I work for Onaway. I do some development for them, but I also do other stuff more on the customer relations, sales, support, uh, I do Q&A, uh, and, and I also consult on the iOS po uh, portion. But I want to work as an iOS developer full-time, whether it's for a company or a small team or as an independent. Um, and so that's the goal for 2016. I know I'm going to make it happen. And you guys, you guys, the Swift Coders community is a part of that, you know, just being out there, listening, giving me positive feedback. And, you know, I want the same thing for you guys. And that's why I'm creating, that's why I create this content for you guys. Okay, so that's how I got into programming. Now, how did I start learning Swift? So as I said, June 2014, to everyone's surprise, Swift was announced. And I was I was amazed. I didn't really know at the time what the 
what the effect or the implications of that. I remember listening to Debug and a couple other podcasts to try to understand what does this mean for iOS development? What does this mean for the you know developer community? But as I started learning more about um, programming, iOS development, and Swift, I, start, I, I got that. But when it was announced, I watched the videos. I watched them introduce the language. I watched the um, introduction, intermediate, advanced. I watched whatever content I could on the language. But I wasn't a programmer at the time. I was just interested and I was consuming whatever content from Apple that I could about this stuff. Then um, I was, as I said, working on Flyer over the summer and watching those videos, Xmas, uh, Christmas break. Then I decided, right? And then January 2015 hits uh, and I'm studying full time. And as I mentioned, lynda.com course, the, uh, take a look at the Getting Started Guide on my web uh, on our website, the LearnSwiftLA.com website. That talks about how I got into it. Um, RayWenderlich.com, iOS Apprentice uh, PDF, the Stanford course. Uh, so that's how I started to learn um, Swift and just working with it. And my passion project, Flyer, is really what got me through it. Uh, you know, I encourage you to find a project, a passion project that you can work on to help you stay motivated and uh, to keep going on a daily basis. And Flyer uh, was that for me. So in, in terms of uh, how I went about learning Swift, that's when, uh, but how was, yeah, all the videos um, and the different um, sources that I just mentioned, in addition to all the other um, places where you can kind of keep up to date, like not Natasha the Robot, iOS Dev Weekly. Now we have the Swift Weekly Brief by Jesse Squires. There's so much online content, uh, following people on Twitter to learn about the language. And then, you know, using playgrounds, for instance, to play with the language or just playing with different um, frameworks. And then attending meetups. That's actually really like what got me into it too was going to my local Cocoa Heads meetup in Ennis Coders and then having the inspiration to create Learn Swift LA and teaching people now and, and then attracting people that know more than me and I'm learning from them or I'm teaching people and they're giving me positive feedback, which helps me keep going. So that's kind of what got me through uh, the whole learning process. So uh, what do I love? And I'm actually going to go through some questions that I, I listed when I originally created this podcast, like a script of questions I would ask. And I might not have ever asked these questions to guess because I kind of let the conversation flow. But since it's me, I'm actually going to go through these questions and, you know, ask them to myself and answer them. So one of the questions is, what do you love about coding? And for me, I noticed this completely different response that I got from myself when I would code versus when I was, let's say, working as a lawyer, writing briefs or doing discovery is I would write some code, I would build the project and I would see the result. And that was so amazing to me. In the legal field, you know, you could file a lawsuit and the case wouldn't, you know, that you won't go before a judge for like two years or three years, right? It's a very slow process. But with coding, you can just immediately code something, solve a problem and see the result of your problems. And you're so in control too. Um, everything that you, any mistakes you make or any success you have is really up to you and your computer and your knowledge. Um, and I really like that there's a very, there's a power, uh, sense of ownership over that. And then in addition, it's very intellectual, but it's also very creative. And for me, I'm an intellectual person, but I'm also very creative in coding. In addition to building a product, the design aspect to it, there's a business aspect to it, but the coding, I feel like brings together a really awesome intellectual and creative, uh, side. And that makes my cylinders, the cylinders of my brain just fire, like never, like I never felt before. And so that's what I love about coding. 
Um, I could probably talk for a while about that, but those are some of the main things that I just, I love about coding. Okay, so advice for people learning Swift. As I mentioned, check out that guide. Uh, the guide goes through how my whole process of how I became, you know, how I got to where I am now. I recommend, you know, if, if you want advice from me, go check out that guide because it lists uh, a good process that I think how to think about uh, becoming an iOS developer and how to go about that. The other thing is meetups. Go to your local meetup. If there isn't one, try to start one. If there's not enough people in your community, maybe you can do an online community and meet, re, uh, reach out and meet people online if you can't meet in physical space. But meetups changed my life. Anybody I talk to, regardless of what industry they're in, always tell them to do maybe like two or three things. Download podcasts and listen to them. Uh, when uh, in the industry or whatever is interesting to you, uh, go to your local meetup for whatever industry or whatever is interesting to you and also download Eventbrite and go to uh, events on Eventbrite. But definitely meetups and podcasts. Um, and yeah, and I would recommend listening to podcasts like this one or any others that have to do with, uh, with Swift or programming. The other is Twitter. Reach out to people on Twitter or follow them. There's so many amazing Swift iOS developers on Twitter talking, reposting, sharing, Follow them, reach out to them, ask them questions, read their blogs, watch their videos, whatever it is. That's definitely uh, something I recommend for just general advice for people uh, just starting out and learning Swift. Uh, what's my favorite way to learn? Well, the way I learn, I'm more focused on the, the application. Some people like the language and what the amazing things the language can do and they focus on that. But my what I learn from the language is always um, sort of like second to the application. And so I try to see what problem do I want to solve and then how can I use the frameworks and the language to then solve that. And so learning about the language is it's definitely important. But for me, my learning style, it's kind of a result as uh, from learning the application or the framework um, application. And so what I like to do is what do I want to solve? Do I want to use a map? Do I want to find location? Do I want to do some interesting animation? Do I want to record something? And I find what framework in the Apple uh, library uh, solves that problem. And I try to go about learning that. And first, I try to start by reading the documentation. If I can't understand it by reading the just by reading the documentation, then I will go to Google and Stack Overflow, et cetera, and to try to find uh, an example. Because for me, I have to see an actual real world application you know, of that framework. And once I do that, then I'm able to you know, increase my knowledge of that particular framework. So that's my favorite way uh, to learn. How often am I using Swift? Every day. I work with Swift every day. I eat, drink, sleep, uh, sleep Swift. Uh, I try to learn Objective-C when I'm reading the documentation or Stack Overflow answers. I try to look at the Objective-C answers as much as I need to because uh, we can't just know Swift these days, uh, maybe a little bit in the future or if you're just working on a brand new project, but a lot of existing projects are in Objective-C. Uh, let's see, why Swift? For me, Swift is very uh, friendly. Uh, the way it looks, it's just so readable. It's closest to English uh, that, that I've seen. I don't know. I mean, I could, I could be a programmer if without Swift, but uh, I think because of Swift, I was, it was a, easier to become a programmer. Uh, it's, if I was to write a language, it would probably look like, like this. And just the excitement around it. I mean, and you know, it's Apple's language and I'm 
very invested into Apple's ecosystem. So that makes sense. And then the whole, yeah, the whole community around it, the open source community, it's really exciting. And I don't know. Yeah, just it's and it's also kind of something that it's just happening. I just follow my nose. I don't think too much about it. And it just kind of happens. So there's just something drawing me to to the language. What came easy? Nothing really, because I have no programming experience at all. But I guess I would say what came easy was the natural language aspect of it. It's very similar to it's very expressive. Very, um, it's not very verbose like Objective C, and it's close to just like a normal language. So I think that's what came easy. What came? What's difficult? Definitely wrapping my head around optionals at first. Um, but for me, it was more just programming in general, like what, you know, the design patterns and what's object-oriented programming and how do I use Objective-C and what can I break and what can I not break and what button should I press and not press. That was actually more difficult. But so far, working with Swift has been pretty easy. I feel like the compiler does so much uh, uh, work for you, good and bad. I th- but ultimately, I think it's a good thing. Um, because you can learn the language through the compiler in a way. I mean, I wouldn't recommend that, but something I was thinking about the other day is like the good and bad of how much work the compiler does for you. How did I overcome those challenges? I mean, just, you know, you Google it, you stack overflow, you try, you experiment, uh, and you just don't give up. If you're frustrated, take a break, come back to it with a clear mind. There's so many, been so many times when I solve the problem, not with my fingers to the keyboard, when I'm like laying in bed trying to sleep and I just wake up in the middle of the night and I solve a problem and I have to just go to the keyboard, go to the computer, uh, uh, open Xcode and, and solve the problem and realize, yeah, awesome, I figured it out. But I didn't figure it out racking my brain in front of the computer screen. I took a break and I let my mind kind of work, right? So that's that's one thing I'd recommend, overcoming challenges, kind of give yourself a break. Favorite way to learn, I mentioned that. Definitely love uh, the tutorials though in terms of like a way to learn like a style of learning. I still haven't read the whole Swift book. I'm going to eventually do that, but I usually go to resources when I need them. And in terms of like learning a new framework or something like that, I I like to do a practical approach uh, using a a tutorial, for instance. What was the last new Swift or iOS concept you learned? I've been learning UIKit Dynamics, so how you can like really easily add behaviors like animation behaviors, like gravity, collision behavior, uh, push behavior, snap behavior. Uh, so that was something really interesting. Very powerful framework to add animation, dynamic animation to your uh, application. Watch the Stanford course on that. There's two at the very end of one of the, the classes. It's uh, just normal UI uh, view animations. And then the second, the course after that, is UIKit Dynamics, and he builds a cool um, app called Drop It. And uh, so that was really fun. That's my favorite part is learning the frameworks. I love learning all of, if, if I could, I would sit and just learn all the new frameworks and apply them to something every day. That's what gets me excited. What am I planning to learn next? Uh, I'm gonna continue to learn animations, and I wanna learn maybe like Collection View. I've, I've worked with Collection View before, UI Collection View. But I want to learn something about like animation, kind of like a Tinder type of swipe, but uh, maybe something different. I'll maybe want to apply it to my Flyer application. So I want to basically make my my application look more beautiful using animations and maybe using something a little different than just a table view, like an Instagram style like table view. So that's something that I'll probably learn 
what was I working on? Okay, last night I was actually parsing some JSON, like the company I work for. We changed our endpoints, and uh, I wanted to update my my version of the app to um, use those new endpoints. So maybe I want to learn a new Swift language feature that uh, I don't want to use someone else's uh, JSON parsing library. I want to know how to do it myself, and I want to learn maybe a new language feature, maybe like some functional programming that can be applied to uh, parsing JSON. So let's say I have a JSON object. I have all my keys. Uh, rather than having to um, get each value from my JSON object using the keys and do that individually, like you know, like JSON object value for key a bunch of times, I want to just um, say, here are all the keys and map this JSON object to, to all these keys to you know, all these properties. I don't know, something like that. I wonder if that's possible. I was gonna ask hi. Uh, if that's something that well, you know the language can do. Do I contribute to Swift open source? No, but I want to. I follow uh, Swift open source as much as I can. It's moving really fast. The way I stay up to date with it is Jesse Squire's weekly brief and a couple other uh, email weekly emails that I uh, follow. Natasha the Robots, uh, Swift weekly, iOS Dev weekly. But in terms of real good summary, Jesse Squire's uh, Swift weekly brief. So I want to uh, participate and contribute to Swift Open Source. That's actually why I created Swift Coders LA was one of the reasons uh, I want to get people who are interested in contributing to Swift Open Source, at least talking about it, if not contributing, and use that as a mechanism to, to, you know, to contribute, give back, learn about it, um, in addition to learning other applications of the language, like server-side Swift, for instance. Where do I want to see the evolution of Swift go? I would love to be able to use Swift for everything uh, in terms of making an iPhone app to building my web service to even somehow, I don't know how, but like writing front-end web you know, code. If there could be some kind of like way that I could just in Xcode or something write in Swift and somehow it compiles down into whatever a web browser understands, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, whatever it is. That would be so cool because I often find myself wanting to create a website. And I'm probably going to learn uh, web development soon once I get, you know, once this, uh, you know, iOS development is like just second nature. I can do it in my sleep. Maybe I'll have time to, to do web development because not everything needs to be an app. Some things really make sense to be a web browser. There's, pow there's power in that, right? Everybody has a web browser on their phone or their computer. So I'm hoping maybe to see the evolution of Swift go that way. Um, but ultimately, I think it's going where it needs to be. It's becoming a more stable language. The community is really awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know too much about the, uh, like the, you know, I'm not like a language geek. Like if you follow the people on the Swift evolution, for instance, like they know so much about like behind the scenes on the language. I'm more about the application of the language, whereas the Swift evolution is more about um, stabilizing the language, um, making it more reliable, making it, uh, you know, expanding this, the standard library and things like that. Um, but I, everything that I'm seeing, uh, I really like so far. Uh, how do I stay motivated? Bunch of different ways. So at first it was having a passion project. And in some ways it's also just straight out of necessity, but then also holding myself accountable. I know you might hear that a lot, but I didn't really do it intentionally. It kind of just happened naturally. I created the meetup, for instance, and then all of a sudden, 
um, I have this group of people. We're up to like almost 500 members who are not necessarily relying on me, but they like the they like that we have this group. And so, and I, I tell them my goals, and just naturally keeps me accountable to them. And I get positive feedback from them. So when I teach them something new that I learn, and they say, "Wow, that's really cool," or you know, "Wow, you're you're going pretty fast. You you learn you're learning pretty quickly." That's positive feedback, which keeps me motivated. Um, and then I would say just the technologies, all the new technologies out there. I just get really excited about that. So yeah, for you, you got to find out what key, what your interest is. Uh, I want to build really awesome products using all the technologies for all the devices, and I know what I need to do in order to to accomplish that. So, uh, what else? Motivation. I would say not trying to get too caught up in all the other stuff out there because there's so many blogs and so many websites and so many things you can do and so many different ways to learn, right? And so I kind of I stay motivated by not getting overwhelmed, which uh, is really important. Don't get overwhelmed um, by thinking you need to learn everything. Um, th think about what your goal is and think about what you need to achieve or what you need to learn learn to accomplish those goals. How do I stay up to date? Yeah, because iOS is changing, the language is changing. So as I mentioned, following people on Twitter, all those uh, weekly digests are really great for staying up to date. You definitely have to watch WWDC videos. They come out every year. So staying up to date, really important. With uh, so much stuff going on, how do, you get over, how do you not get overwhelmed? I mentioned that. So yeah, just focus on what's important to you. You gotta filter out the noise. There's a lot of people trying to sell you courses or trying to get you to read their blog post. Um, and if you're into that, great. But if you're trying to build your app, focus on what technologies you need to learn to accomplish, uh, you know, accomplish the, your goal to, to build your app. You know, maybe you want to learn uh, CloudKit, well, which is great and you should, but maybe at that time CloudKit's not necessarily important for, you know, building your app. Then, you know, then maybe put that off to the side on one of those days when you can just kind of learn something different. Or maybe, you know, there's a bunch of people telling you about functional programming and you're like, man, do I need to learn functional programming? Well, if you can accomplish your programming goals without knowing functional programming, then that's fine. And then the time when you need those or when the time comes, you become more advanced, you know, you can learn that stuff. So I'm aware of functional programming, but and I know it's out there and I really want to learn it. I've seen the power and I use some of it, but I don't let, you know, all this stuff out there, you know, get me bogged down and get overwhelmed. What do I think makes a good iOS developer? I actually put this on the guide. To me, the basics of being a good iOS developer, I think it's uh, five pillars that I list. So you gotta know the language, in this case, Swift. And that's uh, the language that you use to tell the computer what to do. You have to know the frameworks. The biggest one is UIKit, and then there's all the others, right? MapKit, Core Location, and everything else. So you have to know those frameworks. Now, you don't actually have to know them and memorize them. Uh, there's some that you need to have a basic understanding for sure. But what's more important is your ability to learn those frameworks because the best programmer has never worked with every framework, right? The more experienced you are, yeah, you've probably worked with more frameworks, but still there's gonna be something out there that you've never worked with that you need to learn. And what separates you between one guy and the next or one girl and the next is your uh, ability to learn something new. So the iOS frameworks, but also your ability to learn those, which brings me to the next uh, third pillar, the iOS developer library. Your ability to go to that library, imagine like a brick and mortar library where you go and check out books to learn about the frameworks, 
that's the iOS developer library. So you need to be familiar with that. At first, I was kind of really confused. I didn't understand like what I was, it, it kind of made sense. They were telling me about the frameworks, but I didn't really understand how to interpret it. You'll learn that over time, but that is, that should be a goal. That That is what makes a good iOS developer is their ability to go to the documentation and do their research before they implement uh, the solution. So again, that goes to your ability to read, to understand the iOS developer library, your familiarity with it. Uh, so yeah, that's number three. What else? Xcode, the ID, IDE, you put all that together. Actually, uh, before uh, Xcode, the fifth, uh, the fourth, I would say is the design pattern. So like model view controller, object oriented design, delegation, uh, protocols, or maybe you use closures, things like that. Like the, the design, the way we put the language and the and accessing the APIs and the way we model our code, you know, having different objects and having a model and et cetera. Uh, that the design, the architecture. So that's, I would say, the fourth pillar, having an understanding, at the very least, a basic understanding. You'll learn more as you go, but having a good understanding of the uh, the, the architecture. And then Xcode. Uh, Xcode, you put all that together, and uh, you have the fifth pillar. You, all, all those together, that's what makes a good iOS developer. Those five pillars, I think. But ultimately, the one thing I could say is your ability to learn, Right. Uh, whatever it is, in this case, it's the you know those five things. But really, your ability to learn. If you if you're good at learning, I think you can be a good iOS developer. I think that's what sets people apart. Um, but then, of course, experience over time, you'll build that though. All right, so that's it. We reached the end. Those are all the questions I have, except the last one that I always ask. I kind of already talked about this, but it's one piece of advice for people learning Swift. And I can't really say one piece. Let me think. Like I would say, definitely be patient. Um, give yourself time to learn. Yeah, definitely give yourself time and space to learn. Don't think that you need to learn everything all at once and go out there and find support. That's why I created the meetup. I, I was kind of isolated. I felt alone. I felt like I was the only person on earth that like had never known anything about programming and was trying to learn to be a programmer. And what happened was I, I out of necessity, created the meetup and found that there were so many people like me. So definitely find support where you can. All right, so thank you so much for listening to this episode. It was a little short, I know, because I'm a fast talker, but I hope that it gave you an understanding of who I am, where I came from, where I'm at now, where I want to go, and how you're a part of that. You guys are a huge part of that. You guys uh, keep me motivated, all the positive feedback I get from you guys, whether it's from the meetup or whether it's um, online through the podcast. Um, yeah, so... I know I might say this at the end of every episode, but definitely reach out to me if you have a question, if you need help with anything, whatever. Like I'm here. All my information is online. Uh, so you can you know reach out to me. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. I really hope you guys get something out of this. Uh, again, I know I say this too, but if you have any feedback, what do you want uh, for, out of this podcast? Let me know because I'm creating it for you. If you are a listener and you want to be a guest, if you work with Swift on a pretty regular basis, also reach out to me because I want to interview you and uh, I want everyone to be able to benefit from your knowledge. And uh, last but not least, I like to do a little uh, Learn Swift LA shout out. For this episode, I want to shout out to uh, Manny. He's a Learn Swift LA member. He uh, is kind enough to take me home um, often uh, when we meet in downtown. He drives an hour, I believe, um, from out of town to come to the meetup to learn. And he tells me that, it, you know, the meetup and et cetera is really helping him uh, just to, I don't know, stay motivated or or to learn. Um, but 
I, I, I get that from him. I get that from all my members. So yeah, thank you so much, Manny. I hope you're listening. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys. And just enjoy learning Swift. And I will uh, catch you on the next one. And that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Swift Coders podcast. Feel free to share the show with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or recommend us on Overcast. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hi, contact me on Twitter. Until next time, go swiftly, my friends. Oh,